Plus Extra Time Podcast. It's me, Rob. Happy Monday. Um, suffering some pretty chilly weather here in Germany, um, but at least the sun is out today. Um, had a decent weekend. Um, you know, was able to watch you know a decent amount of games. I definitely caught the uh, the Germany game where they qualified this weekend. But we'll get into all that later. First, I wanted to start off by talking about the uh, U.S. men's national team and. I guess you could call it like a revenge game for losing to Canada during the last international break. Uh, it was the first time Canada beat the U.S. in 34 years, uh, which is a significant portion of my life. Um, there was the the rematch in uh, Orlando a few days back, and the U.S. was able to, uh, you know, play in some different players, but they were able to come back and uh, avenge that. They ended up winning 4-1. to one. Um, So in the CONCACAF Nations League, in Group A, um, Canada still on top because they've played four matches. They have nine points. Um, the U.S. men's national team is in second with six points, but they've only played three matches. And then uh, Cuba, they're in last place. They haven't scored a goal. Um, again, there's only three teams uh, per group. The U.S. and uh, Cuba have one more game against each other. Um, and right now, Canada is in first place, and the winner of the group automatically qualifies for the, the 2021 Gold Cup, but also moves into the semifinals for the CONCACAF Nations League. So the way that it stands right now, if the U.S. goes into this game, beats Canada, which I think they would because they've put up, you know, so many goals. They, they beat Canada 7, to, or excuse me, Cuba 7-0 to the last time they played them. Um, if the U.S. goes in and even, you know, wins 1-0, to they will end up winning the group based on uh, goal differential. And the U.S. has already qualified for the 2021 Gold Cup, U.S. and Canada. But the U.S. will um, move into the uh, semifinals of the CONCACAF Nations League, the first one. So, um, yeah, right now, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good. I did see that the uh, they played uh, Sergino Dest, the new guy that plays for Ajax. Um, you know, he decided that he was going to play for the U.S. instead of playing for the Netherlands. Um, you know, his father has American roots, um, and he actually had an assist in that last game against Canada. So he wasn't in the, the previous match. Um, I've, I've had, you know, the opportunity to see some highlights from him, um, you know, playing for Ajax. Um, I think he, you know, he's got a decent future. I think he's like 19 or 20 years old. Um so we'll see. I mean, it's, it's been a while since uh, the U.S. has kind of brought anybody over that wasn't like, a, I don't want to say not, like a, a U.S.-based uh, American player. You know, back when Jurgen Klinsmann was still a coach, uh, a lot of people were getting upset because he was bringing over these, or calling up, I should say, a lot of the German-born Americans, you know, who had a parent, either mother or father, that were American, but they were, you know, born and raised in, uh, in Germany. And a lot of people were getting upset about that. But, um, I mean, I think it's good for the, for the national team. These people are Americans, um, you know. In America, we're, like, multinational, multicultural. So um, if he has roots there to the U.S., I say let him play. We'll take the best possible players to get us as far as we possibly can. Um, so, yeah, so he's doing well. Definitely going to be following, following up on him. Um, and then hopefully, you know, one of my favorite players, uh, Timothy Weah, you know, he gets healthy, you know, maybe he'll get called up, um, 
you know, some matches in the future, hopefully, and maybe we'll see how the two of them play together. I mean, you know, obviously they play two different positions, but, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. So speaking of the CONCACAF Nations League, um, there are some teams that have already qualified for the 2021 Gold Cup. Uh, let's see, so far we have Canada, Honduras, Granada, Jamaica, the United States, Mexico, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Curaçao, and Martinique. And there are still six more uh, places for that that'll be determined between, you know, the next couple of days. And then the last four, I guess, won't be decided until June of next year. So, yeah, I'm already looking forward to it. Still got like a year and a half until it happens, but uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup. Moving on to Euro 2020 qualifying. Um, so before this international break started last Monday, we obviously had the big game between Liverpool and Man City. You know, things got a little heated during that game between uh, Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez. And then basically like the next day, uh, they had a report to the, uh, to the England team. And I guess things hadn't quite cooled off. Now, I do tend to think that the media kind of blows some of this stuff off, but uh, Southgate, the manager for the England team, um, he didn't really help things out, um, you know, because of this little dust up that they had uh, during the the Premier League match. Um, it, you know, drug over. They had some kind of squabble or there was some pushing or whatever going on during the England practice, and Southgate decided to not remove or bench, but he basically wasn't going to play Raheem Sterling even on the bench um, for the match against Montenegro. So he essentially suspended him. He remained on the team, but, uh, you know, he suspended him for that match. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised stuff like this doesn't come out more often. Maybe other teams are just better at keeping it away from the media or away from the fans. But, you know, obviously you have huge teams that are playing in, you know, whatever league. You know, it could be Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, it could be, you know, Bayern Munich and Dortmund or Frankfurt or whoever. And, you know, players are going to get emotional. They're going to get heated. They're going to get into arguments, pushing matches, whatever, during their club matches against each other. And, you know, it's going to spill over onto the national team. I mean, um, it, people are only human, but uh, it, it just seemed like the way that this was handled and, you know, removing Sterling from the team um, for one match, even though he was able to come back and play in the uh, the match against Kosovo, um, which was yesterday. But uh, Joe Gomez ended up leaving. Um, I'm not sure if it was because of injury or because of personal reasons, but he ended up leaving um, the England camp and, you know, heading back to, uh, to Liverpool. But, uh, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. It's always going to happen. You take, you know, big players, big matches, and then, you know, basically the next day, put them on the same team, they're still upset or still, you know, trying to deal with the emotions, whether positive or negative from, you know, the previous match for their club. And, uh, you know, somebody, you know, the winning player says something to the loser or, you know, it could be just something as simple as like laughing and they take it the wrong way. But uh, I don't know, I guess this is this for me is the first time that I'm really hearing about anything like this. Um, you know, Joe Gomez is a good player. I wouldn't say he's as, 
you know, beneficial to the England team as Raheem Sterling is. I mean, Raheem Sterling has been doing great for, you know, a couple of seasons now at least. Um, but he, he seems to always kind of get targeted in the media or whatever. But I, I do think that Southgate took probably the wrong approach. Um, apparently, you know, shortly after that whole dust-up happened for with England, um, they were, you know, laughing and joking and, you know, hugging and, you know, playing around or whatever. So it probably wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it was. Or um, it just got blown out of proportion, but uh, who knows? But it's good to see that, you know, England is doing their thing. They've gelled that up. Um, they played their second match yesterday. So I think the players will be, they have to be released to go back to their club teams by Wednesday morning, I think. So, um, you know, maybe they're still there doing whatever, but Joe Gomez isn't there anyway. So it's just Raheem Sterling at this point. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, talk about that because that was like how the international break kind of started, at least for the, for the Europeans, you know, that was like the big news that, that everyone, everyone was hearing. Um, so let's talk about some of these, uh, some of these matches that, that happened. I'm just going to briefly go over some of these scores. Uh, I'll hit every single one of them. Um, let's see, we had on Thursday, the 14th, Czech Republic two, Kosovo one, uh, England seven, Montenegro zero. They didn't really need Raheem Sterling. Portugal 6, Lithuania 0, uh, Serbia 3, Luxembourg 2, Turkey and Iceland drew 0 0, France 1, or excuse me, France 2, Moldova 1, Albania 2, Andorra 2, and then the next day uh, we had Denmark 6, Gibraltar 0, Switzerland 1, Georgia 0, Norway 4, Faroe Islands 0, Romania 0, Sweden 2, Spain 7, Malta 0, Armenia 0, Greece 1, uh, Finland 3, Liechtenstein 0, Bosnia and Herzegovina 0, Italy 3. Um, Saturday, we had uh, North Ireland and the Netherlands surprisingly play to a 0-0 draw. Azerbaijan 0, Wales 2, Croatia 3, Slovakia 1, Slovenia 1, Latvia 0, Austria 2, North Macedonia 1, Israel 1, Poland 2, Cyprus 1, Scotland 2, Russia 1, Belgium 4, and San Marino 1, Kazakhstan 3. And then the game that I watched in its entirety um, was Germany 4, Belarus 0. Now, there was basically no doubt that Germany was going to win this game, but you know it kind of depended on the results of the Netherlands game whether or not they were going to qualify on Saturday night or not. And luckily, I guess for Germany, because they didn't have to wait till the last match day, um, Northern Ireland and the Netherlands played to a 0-0 draw. Uh, I did catch some of the highlights from the Netherlands game. Um, you know, they seem to be playing okay, I guess, but uh, the, the Netherlands at least. Um, but they just couldn't, they, they didn't have any like like real opportunities, it seemed like to me. Um, in the Germany game, though, you know, some of the goals weren't surprising. I thought Serge Gnabry was going to do a little bit more. He did have an assist. Um, but for me, like the shock moment was Manuel Neuer saving a penalty. I mean, yes, it is only like one instance in the game. And, you know, he, he played well, even though there was like once or twice that he kind of came out of the box, like almost to like midfield. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. He's taking that sweeper keeper thing a little, a little too seriously, especially at his age. But, uh, you know, he did see save that uh, save that penalty, which was surprising. I mean, it looked like, you know, classic Neuer. Um, 
but other than that, you know, Tony Kroos played well. Um, Leon Goretzka scored. Um, so, you know, it was a, a pretty decent match, I thought. Actually, Tony Kroos had two, actually. I forgot that late one that he had. Um, yeah, but Germany's, I mean, it is Belarus, but they were, they were looking pretty good, you know. Um, yeah, I really, there's really nothing else to, to say. Timo Werner obviously didn't score. Uh, the other scores were Ginter, Goretzka, and Kroos. Um, but Werner looked good. I mean, he had a couple of opportunities, just, you know, couldn't, um, couldn't land the shots, but, uh, yeah, Germany surprisingly looked good, but like I said, it was against Belarus. Um, their next match, they're playing tomorrow, Tuesday, the 19th against Northern Ireland. Germany's already secured qualification. So in Northern Ireland, they can't get automatic qualification. So, but I will still be watching that game because, um, you know, I'm here in Germany, <laughs> so I'll definitely be watching it. Um, but as far as other games, let's see, we had yesterday, Sunday, the 17th of November, um, we had Bulgaria 1, Czech Republic 0, Kosovo 0, England 4, uh, Luxembourg 0, Portugal 2, and Ronaldo scored yesterday in that game, so now he has 99 goals for Portugal. Um the the next game, um, I, I would expect that, that he'll score in the next match that he plays for Portugal. Um, I'm not sure when that'll be because you know they played both of, both of their matches for uh, for this international break, so we'll see. But you know, there's only been one other person, a player from Iran, that has scored over 100 goals for his national team, and I think you know I'm pretty sure that whether it's in the Euros next year or in a friendly, you know, between now and then. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo will definitely score, <clears throat> excuse me, that 100th goal. Just a matter of time. Uh, let's see. We had Serbia two, Ukraine two, Albania zero, France two, Andorra zero, Turkey two, and Moldova one, Iceland two. And let's see for matches tonight. We have Gibraltar hosting Switzerland, the Republic of Ireland hosting Denmark, Malta hosting Norway. Spain hosting Romania, Sweden hosting the Faroe Islands, Greece hosting Finland, Italy hosting Armenia, and Liechtenstein hosting Bosnia and Herzegovina. Tomorrow, we have Germany hosting Northern Ireland in Frankfurt, the Netherlands hosting Estonia, Wales hosting Hungary, Slovakia hosting Azerbaijan, Latvia hosting Austria, North Macedonia hosting Israel, Poland hosting Slovenia, Belgium hosting Cyprus, San Marino hosting Russia, and Scotland hosting Kazakhstan. Now, as far as uh, qualified teams for Euro 2020, we have, in order of qualification, Belgium, Italy, Russia, Poland, the Ukraine, Spain, France, Turkey, England, Czech Republic, Finland, Sweden, Croatia, Austria, the Netherlands, Germany, and Portugal. Now, fin Finland, this is big. I mean, they this is their first qualification for any major tournament, whether it be the Euros or World Cup. So this is, this is huge for them. Um, I know last Euros, there were two teams that qualified for the first time. I believe it was Albania 
and uh, I could be totally wrong, but I know Iceland last time it was uh, it was definitely Iceland's first time qualifying. Um, so yeah, so that that's huge for uh, for the you know Finland as a country, the Finnish players. We'll get to see Timo Pukki um, during the summer, which will which will be pretty nice. He's been having a pretty decent year in the Premier League. Um, looking forward to it. So for automatic qualification. Um, there's still three more slots that are available, and those are currently in, let's see, Group D, where we have Denmark sitting on top with 15 points, uh, Switzerland in second with 14 points, Republic of Ireland in third with 12 points, and then next we have Georgia, who's in fourth, but they can't qualify automatically. They have eight points, um, but... Let's see, we have Denmark hosting the Republic of Ireland. So you have first place versus third place. And then Switzerland will be playing against Gibraltar, who's in last place. Um, I mean, anything can happen, but, you know, I'm, I'm betting that it'll be Switzerland and Denmark qualifying out of that group. We'll see. Um, and then we got Group E. Uh, Croatia has already qualified. Um, but then we have... In second place, we have Hungary with 12 points, Wales in third with 11 points, and then Slovakia in fourth with 10 points. So let's see. We have Wales playing Hungary tomorrow. Yeah. And then Azerbaijan will be playing against Slovakia. So anything can happen. I mean, those, those three teams are separated by two points and there's one more automatic qualification slot um so we'll see i mean the others they can still qualify through the playoff but uh you know i mean it's automatic promotion is is definitely definitely the way to go so um yeah there's still some a decent amount of uh games left to be played um we'll, we'll see who qualifies next i'm looking forward to it um obviously there, there won't be uh some teams that won't qualify until the end of March when the uh, the playoff you know ends on I think it's the 31st of March they play for all four so um, but for these first 20 uh, we'll definitely know who it is by tomorrow evening so looking forward to it finally the end of you know regular Euro 2020 qualifying with the exception of the playoff I don't want to leave out um, all the other two major confederations right now that are, I say major confederations, all the confederations are major, but um, Africa and Asia right now are also um, obviously playing matches during the international break uh, just for two different purposes. Asia is doing theirs for World Cup qualifying, um, while Africa is doing theirs for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations. So um, there's there's been... There's been a lot of matches. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, those are two huge confederations. They basically have the same amount of teams as Europe. I actually think Asia may have a little bit, maybe 10 countries fewer than uh, than Europe and Africa. But, um, you know, if you're looking for matches to watch, you know, there's there's plenty. So in Africa today, uh, Monday the 18th, we had uh, Sao Tome and Principe hosting Ghana. Uh, the Gambia hosting the Democratic Republic of Congo, um, my African team that I follow, 
uh, Cape Verde is hosting Mozambique. Uh, Camaros is hosting Egypt. Uh, Kenya hosting Togo. And Botswana hosting um, defending African champions Algeria tonight. And then for tomorrow, uh, let's see, we got Burundi hosting Morocco. Mauritania hosting Central African Republic. Zambia hosting Zimbabwe. Equatorial Guinea hosting Tunisia. Libya hosting Tanzania. Ethiopia hosting Cote d'Ivoire or the Ivory Coast, and Niger hosting Madagascar. So I've spent a lot of time in Africa because of my previous job, and um, so I've gotten to you know, understand a lot of the African soccer culture. Obviously, it varies from country to country and region to region. Um, you know, the fans are just as passionate. Um, you know, some of the, the culture, or not cultural, but political situations sometimes tend to interfere with matches not as far as like on the field but you know whether they get the the kickoff times are on time or if you know games are played in the stadiums that they're supposed to be played in you know little things like that I mean it's a little quirky sometimes but um, I mean the African fans are, are absolutely amazing I mean it, it, it's it's great to, to watch games um, in Africa so those are uh, some of the matches that are you know, for today and tomorrow. Um, and then, you know, the next, wow. So it looks like they're not going to have the next round of Africa cup of nations qualifiers until next August, which is pretty wild when you think about it, but that's good because, you know, we've kind of been having too many international breaks anyway. Um, but over to Asia, uh, let's see, they're playing, all of their matches for this round um, for qualifying the next ones I should say um, they're playing all them tomorrow so it'll be the Maldives hosting Guam Syria hosting the Philippines Nepal hosting Kuwait uh, Jordan hosting Taiwan Hong Kong hosting Cambodia I actually want to know where that match is going to be played considering everything that's going on with uh, Hong Kong right now. Well, looks like that game will actually be in Hong Kong. Um, Iraq hosting Bahrain. Uzbekistan hosting Palestine. Yemen hosting Singapore. Afghanistan hosting Qatar. Uh, Oman hosting India. And India is completely like building up their uh, their football like base with, you know, they have their Indian Super League now. Uh, they're just investing a lot of money, kind of the way China's doing it, just not on the same scale into um, the game within the country. So I would say look for India to, over the next 10 to 15 years, to definitely become a, a much better team than they have been. Um, Myanmar hosting um, Mongolia, the Kyrgyz Republic or Kyrgyzstan hosting Tajikistan, Malaysia hosting Indonesia, Vietnam hosting Thailand, Turkmenistan hosting Sri Lanka, and Lebanon hosting North Korea. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there's there's plenty of football for, you know, the next two days for the uh, of the international break before the players go back to their national teams or excuse me their club teams on Wednesday. Um, one of the matches that was was huge for um, this break that I did not get the, the opportunity to watch, um, but I did uh, read about it, saw you know a highlight or two was uh, Brazil and Argentina. Um, it's the first game that Messi was back since the Copa America this past summer. You know, he was suspended, um, but uh, he's back 
and he scored the deciding goal in this match. Uh, he scored early. It's like the 13th or 14th minute. Um, but uh, the, the, the big headline, you know, aside from Messi returning back to the Argentinian team after being suspended was, um, I guess there was some jaw jacking, some trash talking between Messi and the Brazil head coach. You know, Messi was, you know, basically telling him to be quiet. Who knows what they were saying to each other. Um, I didn't see any of the interviews. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always good when Messi's, you know, back for Argentina. Um, yeah. And then this coming summer again, there's another Copa America. So um, it's, it's always good just to see that that rivalry between those two teams. Um, yeah, Brazil and Argentina. I mean, what, what more can you say? Argentina won this one, but, you know, Brazil are still the champions of uh, South America. So another um, funny thing that I read, um, this is totally unrelated to Brazil or Argentina, but um, Karim Benzema, you know, plays for Real Madrid, French guy, hasn't been called up for the national team in I don't know how long. Um I bet it's probably to the point where some people don't even remember that he's ever played for France. But uh, the president of the French Football Federation recently said that uh, Benzema will never again be selected for the French national team. Um, And I think there's some history between those guys or something that may have happened. I didn't quite read into it. But uh, basically, Benzema's saying that, oh, if the president is sticking his nose in there, saying that... uh, you know, that I'm not going to be selected, even though I can still play. Obviously, he's still doing his thing for uh, Real Madrid. Um, he's basically saying, let me play for someplace else. Let me play for another national team, which he would have to be released by France, uh, basically saying that they, they're never going to call him up, which the president has said, even though uh, I don't think Didier Deschamps, the manager for the French national team, I don't believe he said that. But uh, Benzema wants to be released. And... <clears throat> He would be able to, he'd be eligible, I guess, because of his family or his descendants, or his parents, maybe. Um, he'd be able to, or eligible, I should say, to play for Algeria. Now, Algeria, they're the current champions of Africa, and I think it would be ridiculous <laughs> for to see Benzema playing for Algeria. I mean, ridiculous in a good way. I mean, it'd be good, you know, he would be able to be in a completely different tournament, um, completely different continent, you know. Um, I think that would be a good thing for um, African football as well. I mean, you know, just imagine you've got Mane, Salah, and Benzema all on the same continent. I mean, Marez is on the same team. He'd be on Algeria with Benzema. I mean, that would be just ridiculous and, and amazing to watch. And, you know, something definitely worth seeing at um, the next African Cup of Nations and possibly the World Cup if it'll happen. Um, I think that. France probably will not let it happen because I don't think they want to, uh, you know, have something happen where they would have to, you know, potentially play against him and it would be the World Cup. Um, but this is the first time that I, I can think of a, of a senior player, at least, you know, begging to be released to go to play for another national team. Um, I think it'd be good. I think he should be allowed to, to go if they're not going to select him anymore. You know, why let him sit there and you know, rot, essentially, not not play. I mean, he's still playing for his club team, obviously, but I think, uh, you know, why not let him play? 
let him go let him go do his thing france is fine algeria i mean is fine too but you know it would definitely be nice to to see that so yeah what do you guys think about that you know let me know what you guys think again i'll, I'll put the uh contact information in the show description so you guys can hit me up on instagram or twitter or email and i'd be interested to to see what you guys think about players you know that haven't been selected or aren't going to be selected for their current national teams that would have eligibility for another team if you think that they should be allowed to go or if they should not be able to play me for example i wouldn't be able to play for another national team i have no other you know nationality no other kind of ties to any countries other than the united states yeah i live in germany but that really means nothing um only i live here because of my wife uh, my kids on the other hand my kids would actually be eligible to play for like three different teams which um would be pretty crazy but i'm sure there's you know plenty of other people out there that are like that that could essentially select their national their national team from like two three and even four or more um you know different eligibility paths um i know in uh i've heard about this in like women's basketball um obviously you know the u.s women's team is is really good and uh they're there's some like I guess the Russian league is like the the biggest league in the world, you know. And then there's you know other leagues, and there's the WNBA in the U.S. And then there's some American uh, women that played in the U.S. their whole lives. They they're Americans. They've never lived anyplace else, but they were eligible to get other passports from other countries based on grandparents and parents. And because uh, you know some of these European leagues, they have like a limit on how many non-European players can be on a team. But then if, you know, say an American that's really good, you know, has like grandparents, they were Italian or something and they can get a European or excuse me, an Italian passport, which basically makes them European. So now it changes the numbers on the team, yada, yada. That was just a little tangent. But um, I think that uh, I don't know, I, I guess I don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm all about the sport. I don't really care about who's playing for who, I guess, as long as everything is fair and legal and falls within the rules. I don't I don't think it really matters, to be honest with you. The stuff we talk about during the uh, the international break, I don't know. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it being over, though. <laughs> I'm ready to uh, to go back to uh, you know watching my my club teams um, this Saturday. Or excuse me, this Sunday coming up. Stuttgart's got a match at home. Um, I may try to go. We'll see. Um, but they're going to be playing against Karlsruhe. Karlsruhe is another team that's in the second Bundesliga. But they are maybe like a half an hour drive from Stuttgart, um, west of Stuttgart. Uh, so, I mean, I think that would be a, a good game. I'm sure there would be a lot of fans from Karlsruhe because it's it's so close. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then the following week, Stuttgart will be playing Sandhausen, which is another team that's maybe like 45 minutes to an hour north of here. So um, that actually wouldn't be a bad game to go to. And I'm a member, too, so I could probably possibly get tickets. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to going back to that. U.S. has done their thing. You know, they got the the game against Cuba. Um, Germany has done their thing. They've already qualified. So now I'm ready to go back to uh, to my club team. So. All right. Um, with that being said, I'm going to end the show. It's definitely shorter than last week, um, but it's the international break. And what are you going to do? Um, but I would love to hear from you guys. Like I always say, I will put the uh, contact information in the in the show description. Um, 
hit me up. Just any questions, comments, or suggestions that you guys have, I'm open to anything. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I've had a pretty significant spike in the amount of listens lately. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if people are passing on the show name or I don't know, but I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys have a great week. Have a good soccer-filled week. Hopefully all your teams win or qualify for whatever they're trying to do. And next week I'll be back on Monday talking about everything that's happening in the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, Premier League, and everything else. So um, have a good week. We'll talk to you guys next Monday. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.